welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, hey, hello. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me, man. How's it going? It's really good, man. I'm happy to be here. It's an honor. It has been, uh, I've known you for like 15 years. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we've been talking about you coming on the show since it started a year ago. True. And, and it's finally happening. Yes, it has. Uh, a lot of delays from my end, I guess. And uh, yeah, finally, dude, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited, man. Let's talk metal. Let's fuck around. Let's talk a little bit about everything. Uh, we, we usually start the show off by saying, I gave you a little intro before the intro. Most of the time I botch things. I, mm. uh, I make them a little too formal. So in your own words, introduce yourself to the tribe. Well, uh, first of all, hello, everyone. Cheers to you all in here. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tlade Mirza. I'm, uh, I guess my main job is uh, I'm an audio engineer. I lecture at SAE and I also do my own music in my own home studio and which is the, you know, a one man band and the one man band is called Tlepsh. Um, I do all the instruments, uh, the recording, the mixing, and um, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, really, that's it. I try to be more involved musically, you know, to juggle between music and my main job, engineering. And it's uh, kind of difficult, but, you know, I try to always be, uh, you know, on top of it, I guess. Let's, uh, let, we're going to dissect that slowly because uh, there's, a, there's a ton to go through. Like I said, we've we've known each other for a long time. Yes, we have. Um, let's let's start at the very beginning. Let's start at the very beginning. Um, mm. But before we do, actually, I, I do want to talk a bit about the band name because I'm gonna mispronounce it, mispronounce mm. it throughout the the fucking podcast. It's exactly like it's written Tlepsh. Tlepsh. You know, See, you know when I when I told when I told our producer Derpy that we're having taught it from Tlepsh on, she said Gesundheit. She thought I sneezed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tlepsh. All right, let's let's dissect that a little bit. Uh, wh what sure. what is what is Tlepsh? So, uh, part of uh, Circassian mythology, which is I'm Circassian, so it's my background. Uh, Tlepsh is basically the equivalent of uh, in, in Greek mythology. I want to say the guy with the who's the Hephaestus. Hephaestus, okay, or I, in, dude, his my, me and his. Uh, that okay. sounds like something I would go to the doctor for. So basically, Hephaestus from the Greek mythology, or uh, Thor from the Norse mythology, Tlepsh is in the Circassian mythology. You know, these things kind of um, they mirror each other. Uh, so Tlepsh basically is a mythical char character, or you know, it's within our stories. Let's call it like you know, mythology, right? Yeah, 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 and basically he's like a wizard. Oh, so the train is saying uh, Bufides, Bufides, Bufides is who you're thinking of? Maybe. Is that right? Oh, no, no, no. So it, he's a he's like a wizard, and is also a blacksmith, and he basically can control uh, things with his mind. So I'll tell you one of his stories, right? So one person killed his son right and then but he was old you know from war and just he, he couldn't fight him anymore so he he he's a blacksmith as well he made a sword put it in a box then gave it to the guy as a gift so as soon as the guy opens it the sword flies out and just impales him so yeah it's, okay. like, a, it's like a three thousand year old story man <laughs> you know? 
so so that's slut. That's what slut is basically. Okay, so I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna because I, I called it tlepish the other day. Basically, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Tlepish, tlepish. Tlepish. All right, cool. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Let's let's get let's go back. Let's go back to the timeline. Uh, before uh, before tlepish, before the audio engineering, before all that stuff. Um, and has two eight seven. Thank you so much for him that follow. Welcome to the tribe, my friend. Uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, there's a there's there's a long history of you and I knowing each other. Uh, we yes. have a lot of people in common. We've met through the Jordanian scene. For those that don't know, I grew up in Jordan and and was uh, integrated into the scene when I was uh, when I was over there. Um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about about your your integration with the scene over there. When when did uh, did music start for you? When how did that happen for for Tarek? So um, since I was nine, really. I was a guitar player and I really got into guitar and, you know, I wanted to get really good at it. And then I would also, I would always listen to music that has complex guitars. So naturally I stumbled, my parents would give me like tapes, you know, to, to practice along this and that. This was back in the tapes days. And then my dad gave me um, Judas Priest. He had one of the tapes. I heard it and it was it was very confusing for me, like as a nine-year-old from Jordan who has no idea what's going on. And I think that's when I first started with some Judas Priest and then immediately went to Iron Maiden, the Metallica and Megadeth, you know, the whole, right? The pioneers of that stuff. Yeah. That's how it started me wanting to learn those, uh, those songs pretty much, right? Hold on, buddy. One sec. I'm sorry about this. No worries at all. So it was it was it a a uh, a musical household you would say yeah was it yeah. something that like it was it, around the house you you would hear that kind of music and stuff yeah so uh, th there was a lot of you know piano playing in the house a lot of guitars so by the time I was twelve I was already like you know I had three guitars I was you know very much in, invested in it uh, me and my friends you know immediately wanted to start a band. And, you know, we got really hard into metal till today. It's been the same story, honestly, just at loving metal and just wanting to play the songs that you love. And then eventually uh, I wanted to make my own songs and record my own self. Right. And I think that's where I stumbled upon audio engineering, which is a natural course of, you know, like you want to learn how to record yourself. So that's pretty much, um, you know, how, how it was when I was young, basically. So that that's that's where we start our story, because. For those that don't know, especially for people that are uh, based outside the Middle East, a lot of the people that have come back to the show uh, know about the state of the metal scene in, in the Middle East in certain different countries and and just how difficult it can be being uh, a metal musician uh, growing up in on the side of the world. Growing up, you know, getting into fucking priest and maiden and, and wanting to play guitar, uh, jumping ship before wanting to become an audio engineer. What was... What was the transition between like, oh, I like listening to this music to I want to fucking make this music because there's always a transition, right? I've talked to 100 people and each and every single one of them have a point in time where they remember going, this sounds cool to I want to fucking do this. You know, is there is there a point in time for you that that happened? Yeah, man, I was 18 years old. I went to my guitar teacher and I told him, yo, uh, I'm ready to record, man, me and my band and everything. Then he said, sure, it'll cost you $50,000. <laughs> and that was super depressing for me because I didn't have that money, obviously. 
So and we we were like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, how can we become like Metallica? What did they do? And they go like, yeah, you know, to go through the process. And it, of course, it doesn't cost fifty thousand dollars, you know. But that's what he said. It, it was the wrong thing he said. But what was do you, do you think he said it to try and like manage your expectations, or was it something he said because he would didn't know? Probably he didn't know. I mean, yes, it, it is an expensive thing to do and difficult. By the time in Jordan, he probably just said it. But but it did pique my interest because it was like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Like I'm no fuck that. that, that that's not going to cost that much. And then immediately we started. You know, we had magazines back in the days, right? Uh, to whoever's here, I'm 36, so <laughs> I'm going to say tapes and magazines a lot. And uh, so you know, we would research and ask how to get this done. And then immediately, that's when I uh, got my first interface, the, the small one, like a Steinberg. And then we started to rediscover how to do this. And of course, it was horrible since the fucking beginning, right? Because it was kind of difficult. We didn't know what we we're doing until today. So this is uh, that was the root of it. So basically, my guitar teacher fucking me over. That's what. <laughs> that's what so it, it, it's cool because the root of music for you was actually recording all along. It was it was a means to kind of uh, put put that on track. Yeah. Since the yeah. beginning. Yeah, dude, I swear to God, me and my friends, we had uh, Ishkhan666, he's on. Kev, you'll remember this, man. Uh, we would put like a, a small tape recorder, like for, you know, li literally the tape, you know, the Walkman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd put it in the middle of, of us and we'd be like three, four guys. And we would just like write our song and, and sing and make music. Dude, if I have these tapes, I would be so happy. But of course, they're lost. Yeah. We also had videotapes of us trying to record so since the beginning we've been trying to capture what we do i you remember know? uh i remember my, my first uh recording session was uh, we had a we had a double deck uh tape player you know the, the one where you can play and record on the yeah. second side yeah and uh, and what we did this was back in Doha, Qatar. i was i was playing uh drums and guitar with with a bunch of people in the in the compound basically and shout out to bragner who's still around in the in the chat <laughs> Uh, we had a karaoke mic that we plugged into it, hit record. My friend just stood there in front of the drum set with the microphone pointed <laughs> like a mic stand pointed at the drum set. Uh, I played I played the drums. Then we take that tape, put it in the second uh, slot and then hold that same microphone in front of the guitar amp, play along to the drums. <laughs> that's fucking sick, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it, so it was our, like our version of multi-tracking overdubbing multi-track recording fucking old school man yeah <laughs> except no one told us that we had to tune the guitars to each other so it sounded like garbage uh yeah. but we were very proud of it we made so many copies that by the end of it if you played that tape it just sounded like <laughs> we still loved it we still, we had so much fun <laughs> making it big. i was watching this youtube one man band black metal thing there's there's a band. Well, I forgot the name. This, this is like a useful useless comment I'm saying right now. But th there is a band that does this right now aesthetically. Like they do that to sound like it's a fucking demo today, just for the yeah. fuck of it. You know? <laughs> so. We'll we'll dive a little deeper into the black and, and extreme metal um, sound production because you yeah. are an audio engineer by profession mm, mm. who likes poorly poor sounding audio. Hey. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> the the cult. There you go, Belfagor. The the cult sounding audio. <laughs> I, I'm I'm more into the Demo Borgir polished 
production. But you know, I, I have respect for the uh, you know the very uh, grimy productions as well, man. I just love it. It has a character to it, man. It does. It does. It keeps it. It keeps it going. My um, productions are like we'll, that. We'll, I know. I know. No. No. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get the the appreciation aspect of it is kind of counterintuitive to the profession that you've chosen to lead. <laughs> you, know, you, you're literally in the education realm of audio engineering and you're like, ah, I, these guys make it sound like a demo. It's cool. Yeah. The thing is my, our students also like that. So it's really funny. So it's like a bunch of metalheads. <laughs> Let, we'll, I'll tell you we'll, what it, I'll, I'll wait, tell wait, you we'll, it. we'll dive, we'll dive into that in, in just a little bit, but I want to, I want to stick to the chronology of it. So, uh, so at least the people that may, not have uh, have known you or heard of you a little bit just get the background before we start talking about uh about the uh, the different like production levels and and stuff like that because I, i have a whole section i want to talk to you about that um okay. but but i did want to i did want to jump into like uh, you know learning guitar you started trying to figure out how to record all that stuff what was the first um kind of rendition of of playing with other people not like in a nasty way but like <laughs> like where did you meet other musicians and go like we should oh, start a band or ali <laughs> <laughs> started playing with ali yeah, yeah you know remember ali <laughs> <laughs> no but how how did that go go about uh so yeah so i think it was uh kevin is he's on board as well so you can hear that he's also my brother-in-law now by the way just a side note so me <laughs> and kevin and bilal and william we, we were like 16 or 17 And, uh, and yeah, so the singer, his name is William, right? Uh, he lived in Abdun. You probably remember that. And, uh, yeah, so he had like a huge basement and his parents were super cool. They're like French. They were always not a country. So it was basically all for us to use all we want. He had a drum set and everything. And that's when we started, you know, learning how to play with the, you know, other people, but I got you basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were playing. <laughs> Uh, that was it, man. Really, uh, I was all—I was always a super nerd with guitar. Like I would sit hours. I guess I would—I was always helping them how to use their instruments, and I was also always like teaching them, and you know, probably writing the songs as well. And then William would write the lyrics. So for a few years, that's what we would be doing. And we did our first concert in—I'm uh, sure you remember this—Ovens On or Fudge Rockers? What was it? Ovens On, right? I have no idea. Remember the, like, the old days, you know, not the very I, old, not like I moved. I moved to Jordan for university, so I don't remember anything. There uh, was from, a time the where uh, there's a place called Ovens On in Jordan. So Delta you know. saying yes, yes, it is. Yeah, so th that was it. So we would uh, we were playing there a few times. Uh, a bunch of old school bands played there as well. Uh, you know, like Abyss, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm butchering this man. Yeah. From so, from what I remember, my my um, timeline, my trajectory when it came to the the scene in Jordan, I moved there uh, probably 2005, maybe. Um, but my first uh, my first interaction with with people in the metal community in general was this place called the Doors Cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and came, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was actually uh, Bilocate and uh, and Rami specifically that I met there. I, I basically the way I found out about the Doors Cafe is because someone was walking 
in a Slayer t-shirt. It was it was the meme. It was you know that fucking meme when they see each other in the supermarket yeah. and they start headbang. It was that. Yeah. Someone yeah. was walking with a Slayer t-shirt and I went <laughs> Slayer. He went <laughs> whatever I was wearing, creator. And uh I was like, "Oh shit, there's metalheads here." And he said, "Yes." I said, "Where do you guys hang out?" He said, "There's this place called the Doors Cafe. You should go there." And I said, "Okay." And I just literally just asked around like, "Where do I go?" Doors who, Cafe. Who was that guy? Uh, that guy was um actually don't even know his first name but i think his last name was garaybe and everyone called him garaybe that's all i remember okay yeah old school, <laughs> old school. Yeah. yeah so it's I not a I... meme it's a hundred a thousand percent true absolutely best feeling ever i'm surprised you remember anything on muted show uh, weren't you drunk like half the time listen bragner shut up um <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it was it was a really interesting feeling because i moved from ironically we're talking about how like small the jordanian metal scene is i moved from a country that even had a smaller metal scene i moved in from doha qatar which mm -hmm. was intense to like go to a country that even though it might have been a little bit uh, on the smaller side of things yeah. uh, actually had a couple of people that wore the fucking slayer t-shirts you know what i mean yeah 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 man it, it's uh you know we're, we're a small community here but um you know, I, I don't know how small though. I think it's growing, man. Because uh, all my friends are metalheads, pretty much. So it's it's not as it was before, I guess, right? And especially me with my job, like I'm an SAE, so I'm surrounded by you know people who appreciate this music. So I don't feel like a minority anymore, like we used to when we were younger, I guess. Yeah. I I'm not saying it's the majority. Obviously, it's not. It'll never be like in any country, I guess. But uh, it, it did get better. Not in terms of live events, but like just in terms of, you know, public exception, I guess. Like people just accept it more now. Seems it seems more normal to me. I don't know. Maybe just me. I'm not sure. Uh, no, uh, Saif Nasser is saying, I don't think it's a community if there's no music coming out of it. That's actually what was going to be my yeah. next point. Yeah. Uh, that was actually going to be uh, my point is once I got there and I figured out that there were a bunch of people uh, that listened to this music there were a bunch of bands trying to make the music and i emphasize trying because it was very difficult to actually find uh studios and engineers and people especially at that age uh that that knew what the fuck they were doing but why why do you think that we have uh, a massive massive gap in the like creator to listener ratio in in countries uh, like jordan specifically jordan i mean here there there's for every like 10 people that listen to metal uh there's a band there's a band that's trying to make music here uh th that isn't the case in jordan why do you think that is haven't been around since since the early days so i mean i, I want to try and not make this in my own personal story right as to why i uh i i think it's just honestly i think it's the lack of places to practice I know this sounds, you know, a little underplayed, but like, I think it's just that, man. There's, there's a lot of musicians here. There's a lot of people who want to do this. But I think the big problems is that they, they don't have the equipment, right? Yeah. And they probably, because it's more expensive here than, say, Dubai or Lebanon or whatever. And uh, lack of jam rooms, I guess. You know? Yeah. That's it, man. Just as simple as that. As, as just simple, uh, um, it's kind of saying uh, they can't play anywhere, so they lose motivation 
uh, no more concerts here also from slayer tannic 96 so growing exactly like you you found a group of people that you can play with uh, you're getting into guitar you're getting into more extreme music you're starting to perform together what was the thought process like where are we gonna fucking play there's no venues there's no one playing around yeah. in uh, in in uh, concert halls or in bars or anything like that what was the goal uh when when you guys were building that stuff back in the day let, let me just you know go back to the previous point like let, let me add my own personal maybe, maybe this will be more useful for you guys right so uh personally i never found a drummer who could do what i want him to do right uh we don't have, you know, that proficiency and that speed. And I think that it's largely because in Jordan, the houses, you know, they're not built to have a drum set. And it's not like in the States where you have, you know, El Garage, of Ish, and, you know, you could play drums in there. So that was my problem where I, didn't, I simply didn't find a drummer. If I had a drummer, then 100%, I would have a band here and not be a one-man band, right? Or mm -hmm. hire someone from the States to do, to do the drums like I did in my second album. Uh, the second thing, yes, there are no concerts at the moment and definitely lose motivation because there's no concerts. If there were concerts, then I would be basically burning up like I need to play now. We need to do this. I need to make a band. I'd be more excited. So I, for me personally, I could tell you from my point of view, uh, just technical wise, it didn't happen at the same time. There's no concerts. Other than that, that's it. That, to answer your question, I think that that would be the only thing, man. Yeah, it's um, it's always it's always very very interesting to look at that and what makes what makes a scene come together, what makes a scene thrive as well. Because as someone that's been on both sides of the coin, whether I was in a band or or trying to help the scene, like you know me, I've been doing like podcast shit forever. I've been trying yeah. to uh, start like tape swap uh, initiatives. I've been trying to get everybody talking about shit. So it's always very interesting for me to see what builds and what doesn't build a scene. Um, I just want to say, patient six 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 one five eight. Thanks so much for the raid, my friend. Welcome to the party. We got uh, we got Tana Mirza from uh, from Klipsch on the show, and uh, we're talking about all things Middle Eastern metal. We're talking about all things Middle Eastern metal. We're going to be talking about all things extreme metal in just a little bit. So thank you guys for for coming to hang out with us. Um, when I was in Lebanon, right, um, studying for university, uh, there were a lot of concerts there. Me and my band, we would practice three times a week minimum only because we want to perform live. Metal is a is a performance that has to be heard live, right? This is where it's exciting. This is where it's fun. This is what we want to do, basically. So there, because there were, I'm not sure what's happening right now. Maybe Walid could help us out with the situation over there. But uh, because they had concerts, dude, we were on it all the time. And there was a lot and there are a lot of bands in Lebanon. I think that's why, dude. I think it just comes down to technical and, and, and live base, honestly. Yeah, it's also it's also um, I saw I saw uh, I think it was uh, Slayer Tannic uh, talking about just the the general like knowledge of of people wanting uh, the scene to grow. Like uh, I don't know, Belfagor, maybe maybe you could help me out with uh, with emphasizing this point but like over here in lebanon and stuff people wear local band t-shirts yeah uh, what i experience in jordan is uh say for bilocate jordan's biggest band biggest export of of metal is uh, is bilocate true and i bought the t-shirts i bought the uh, the cd i i wanted to support the band even though if uh, even if bilocate isn't necessarily my uh, my cup of tea i don't necessarily listen to to do metal i don't necessarily 
um, you know, that, that, that's not the thing that I would uh, play in my car. My version of, of a scene is the guy that wears that t-shirt regardless because it's your fucking local scene. You know what I mean? Sure. You play him, you play him for your friends. Maybe someone else would like him. Maybe someone else would do that. I find that there's a lot of people in the Jordanian scene that don't want to fucking do that. <laughs> Where I've, I've talked to people and you've, uh, you've been on my drunken uh, uh, rants on the other, the opposite side of my drunken rants about how people should always support uh, each other. Um, I don't, I don't get that necessarily from, from the Jordanian scene that I grew up in. I don't know if it's changed now or not, but uh, I, I just don't see a lot of people like uh, kind of getting together to, for a greater cause kind of thing where it's much more prevalent in Lebanon and, and even more uh, apparent here in, in the UAE. All right. So let me say my opinion about you, first of all. So, and I'm sure your fans know you, right? So Adnan, you are very supportive of the scene. Like in general, that's something that you have in you. And that's something that is very much needed. And it's fucking amazing, right? Not anyone is like that, right? No one's like that, I think. I think you're doing a great job. And uh, that's something that you straight up just naturally do. And uh, in Jordan, do they do that with me? Yeah, man. I mean... I guess some some support. I get some love. I guess. Is it? Did I ever think it's not enough? Not really. I I'm not. I can't argue. Like I I don't think it's that bad. You know. Um, they support me a little bit. I mean, I'm not doing that much. I'm not going live or anything. I, a lot of people buy my shirts, uh, wearing them all the time. You know. Um, is it as much as I want? Probably not. Never never even considered it. Probably not. I, I, yeah, it's, it's just, it's more of a, a, like an outlook thing than a, than a physical, um, you know, uh, attribute. It's more of an outlook, like what, what my outlook on, for example, why we started unmuted and why this whole thing exists and, and what a scene is, uh, what, what it represents for me and, and stuff. So instead of going out and buying like a Metallica t-shirt, I'd, I'd buy a fucking local band. I'd buy a coat of arms t-shirt, yeah. uh, for for uh the the support primarily also to fly the flag to introduce more people to them and like it has this like uh, tumbleweed effect to it that i i feel is missing in a lot of the middle eastern uh metal scenes but i've also talked to a lot of people from massive bands uh from from around the world that said their scenes kind of started that way too you know lamb of god they're famous for saying that it took them 10 years to sell out their local bar, you know, to, to actually play a show where people showed up. Yo, Zoya, thank you so much for the follow. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the tribe. Welcome to the conversation. Um, hello, wife. <laughs> hello, wife. <laughs> but uh, but it's always it's always very interesting for me, specifically the Jordanian scene. And uh, we've had uh, we've had uh, Rami from Bailakate on the podcast before. We've talked a little bit about this, but uh, the Jordanian scene is an enigma for me. Like I've genuinely been completely stumped trying to figure out how to support uh, Jordanian uh, metal bands and the, and the Jordanian kind of metal community as a whole uh, with, with the platforms that we have and, and with everything we do. Because, you know, silencer aside, now that I see Belfagor in the chat, mm. uh, and, and, and the big, you know, they, they, they listen to the, the bigger bands. Uh, it's been a while that I haven't seen someone go, dude, did you hear this band from Jordan? You know what I mean? Like it, that, that energy isn't, uh, isn't there. I've heard that a lot about everywhere else in the Middle East, but, uh, but we need to get that fucking Jordanian scene fire lit, Tarek. 
So you, you're also, you know, you're also considered Jordanian, in my opinion, in the scene. So what? Why do you think that is? Like, I'm I, not sure. I That's mean, why I, I'm, I'm stumped. I'm, I'm I'm basically like you. Like to me, my my reasons were pretty like basic. Like oh, there's no drummers and shit like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't think of another thing. But you have any idea? Like, is there anything else that you know? I think it's primarily community based. Um, I think it's primarily commu community based. Uh, mm. The the scene feels divided. Uh, there's there's a bunch of people from a bunch of different uh, cliques hanging out, listening to this different kind of music. There there isn't. It might be also to do with the actual people meeting in a venue, listening to live music aspect Probably. doesn't exist. But um, uh, what's the biggest uh, Middle East band at the moment? Um, it's very difficult to say because there there hasn't been any shows, uh, but uh, Nerve Cell definitely uh, top a list for for everything they've achieved. It might not be the biggest band at the moment, but uh, th they're up there. Uh, that was uh, that was a question from uh, Rami from Labmetal.com. Um, <clears throat> but you know what I mean? There, there, there's there's a disconnect over there. Dude, there's a disconnect. Because, you know when you do a concert and then you get to meet the you know the fans afterwards and have a beer with them and have a good time. It could really be that the fact that that never happened. Right. Yeah. That there is no personal interactions between, you know, the, uh, the band members and the fans. So it could be that, right. Could be then. Oh, the, the question goes off to chat as well. Why do you think a scene yep. like, uh, like the Jordanian metal scene might not necessarily, um, thrive as much as, as the rest. And we're saying that, you know, uh, it, it is it is in the Middle East and thriving here is is very subjective depending on the country. But the train saying the biggest Middle Eastern band is System of Down. <laughs> yeah, that I don't think that counts. I mean, two of my best friends are in, you know, there's Bursha and Rami, fucking Buk and Bailuke, right? So yeah. us three, we're considered active bands. Uh, there's Exile. I honestly can't think of a fifth. I mean, I don't want to be rude to anyone who's I probably forgot, but I don't know if there's many bands in general, right? Yeah. And again, maybe we're not excited because there is no concerts, but I mean, we're active, you know, at least uh, currently I know for a fact that Bursha just released a monster album, right? Mm -hmm. And and myself, I mean, I don't know who else is doing anything. I guess there's not a lot of activity. Again, we might blame it down to uh, the fact that there's no gigs. It could be that. Most that's likely, a, that's it. Most likely, I think that's the issue. Let's see. Let's see what the ch the chat says. Um, there are no big big names band uh, coming to Jordan uh, from Frenzy. That's true. There's no no big supplementary shows. There's no you know like we had Septic Flesh. We've had Paradise Lost. We've had a bunch of bands here in Dubai that also allows the local scene to open for big bands. That could be a, uh, another thing. Um, uh, Belfagor says the Jordanian scene gained popularity during the early days of MySpace and Facebook. There were room, there was room, sorry, for a lot of gatekeepers. We do badly need a place to hang out or a pub or something. Uh, that's true. There's also no, that, that sense of community again. Uh, the Frenzy adds, uh, there's no infrastructure for big shows. There's no support from the government. Um, the train says there's a, there's a lacking of a decent breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there, the, you guys are missing a, a certain breakdown. Bragner, who will guard the Guardians, the worst band name of all time. Thank you for reminding me I existed in that <laughs> in, in that band. Um, uh, Buffalo is asking, is Exile even active? 
we played Exile on the show. I don't yep. know if they're releasing anything uh, currently. I know one of their members um, relocated to uh, to Europe somewhere. He's back. But, uh, but okay, cool, cool. Nader Nach is back. I think he's yeah, he's back here. And yeah, they're active. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, there's a creepy gap that happened. I have no idea uh, about the older metalhead slash musician generation who are supposed to influence the younger ones. There is a gap. Uh, that's true. Let's uh, we can talk a little bit about that. And I think uh, something that bridged the bridged the gap was uh, was the opening of uh, SAE, the School of Audio Engineering. Um, yeah. So to be quite honest, so Chakubj, he's one of my students actually. Great guy, Murad. What's up, man? Uh, so him and his cousins and friends and they're metalheads and they're like younger by i want to say 15 years right so yeah that is a big gap and between me and them that's like 16 years or 15 years nothing happened yeah. right yeah he's right you know and uh, what what one of the things he kept on saying was that um dude there's no there's no community and the only time he this is what he said to me right what odd you could uh, Correct me if I'm wrong in the chat. He said the only time he feels a sense of community is pretty much at SAE. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the most metal thing. It's yeah. A mo- yeah, you guys you guys started the metal college, basically. Yeah, it was me, and of course, me and Bursha being in the, the, the only people in the audio department as well. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, that, that does, I think that is the biggest metal community right now is in our school. Probably. Probably. Who knows? Well, We'll, uh, we'll talk uh, we'll talk about uh, SAE and everything there. Bloody Randomer has been rocking with the tribe for four months. Bloody Randomer, thank you so much for that resub. What an absolute fucking badass. Uh, the train's asking, uh, are there no gigs because of COVID? No, it's not because of COVID. It's because uh, it's not allowed. Uh, there, uh, there aren't necessarily uh, any shows uh, pre or post COVID. Um, someone should organize bl- bus slash plane trips to attend any concert in my area. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is the thing. This is the thing that not a lot of people uh, know. Like we were saying, uh, it's just it's just not happening over there. Um, as a young metalhead, I've heard so much stuff uh, about the golden age with no actual music coming from that time to listen to from Safe Nasr. And that's another one that's uh, that's a little bit of an issue because uh, as we we talked about earlier, the recording process. Uh, we are basically a metal college at SAE at the moment, but there is a big gap between old and new metalheads. Uh, Mr. Man with a can. So you started you started figuring out like there is there is an issue. We can't play live. Let me put all my energy into recording. Uh, yeah. Live is just not going to happen. At least if I record, I can put music out there. What were what were the first couple of recollections uh, of you? you know, trying to record anything or like seriously taking it into consideration? Yeah. So again, I think I was about 19, uh, trying uh, to, to figure it out uh, by myself and my computer and my friends. Uh, our friend had a keyboard that could he could like emulate drums. The, you know, the moment we realized we could do that, we tried to do the blast beat with the keyboard. And uh, it was super difficult, of course, at first. And every time we would seek a professional at those times, you know, there weren't that many studios, not in Jordan, not in Lebanon. For I was in university there for four years. So it, it was a huge mess. So Saif Nasr is saying he heard about the golden age, but nothing to hear from it. Yeah, there was no capabilities, quite simply, right? We just couldn't, I mean, technically, we didn't have the know-how. It was just yeah. us trying to figure out, you know, what an interface is. 
or you know how to, or in, on tape it would be miserable right the the quality uh, i think to answer sif's you know question or comment it was a technical issue for many years at first as soon as sau opened immediately i i went there and i saw bursh he was the first guy i actually stumbled into on taifi these are the two guys and that's how we became friends since then and of course that was a huge you know you, you know assistance you if you want to call it to the scene i guess uh and to know how to record and have the equipment so that's pretty much it so there there was that's the gap it was a technical issue right sce was a huge help in that regards completely and you you see a lot of people like me who are younger now going through the same thing except now of course it's much easier because there's like 100 studios here that could would love to record you know what what whatever they want to record yeah the the thing the, the this is this is the difference between and uh, we you and I have had this conversation off uh, off air uh, on terms of um, my personal approach when it comes to uh, public publishing things yeah uh, i i'm a face first into the concrete kind of guy like back in the day i released uh, an ep with infested mind that was recorded on a line 6 pod you know those things that looked like yeah, yeah. a triangle the, the, the no pre-bean. not the pre bean the pre bean it was a triangle one it was uh, the yeah it was the line 6 something pre the bean um that was pretty pretty bad uh, i've uh, i've done you know who guard the guardians pre sae all that stuff uh super super master thank you so much for the follow welcome to the tribe my friend um we it, i i i just kind of punched it as hard as i i possibly can and uh it's always very interesting we got another fucking audio engineer in the house pinky what is up my friend thank you for being here massive shout out to uh to the pink master general even though he doesn't stream but i fucking love that you're you're here my friend um <clears throat> it's just one of those things where publishing meant more than perfecting uh but you having the uh you know the 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 background and and the intention of being an audio engineer wanting to perfect it 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 kind of resulted in in a long wait like you're saying you're calling it the gap yeah so face first in the concrete right that's the uh, that's a very good attitude man uh yeah, yeah you have it uh a, a lot of people don't have that right a lot of people you know uh they they, they don't want to do that so usually you do your own music you got the two personalities right the release now like yourself which i love right and you also got the all oh, let's be the super nerdy make sure it's perfect kind of thing i guess a balance between the two is good uh from yeah. my surroundings and i guess let's call it the scene we get more of the let's perfect it before we release it yeah uh i see that a lot i see that a lot and i'm beginning to not want to do that anymore i'm like this is not helping anyone it didn't help the scene Obviously there's a huge gap of 15 years maybe there's like potentially 20 bands who could have been super famous right now but by doing your approach of you know face first the concrete right even with shitty recordings maybe that could have been excellent and the fact that they didn't do that was a missed opportunity I would call it yeah. but that's the reality man you know I had that it for is. a while and it, it's a learning a while, curve it, I I super had that a lot of people have that um until you know nowadays it's like yeah it's just fucking bullshit man who cares make metal send it nowadays it's super easy to do stuff anyways you know yeah 
And I, I, I want to say this because I, you said there's a couple of uh, SAE students in the chat. Uh, and uh, and this is something that I that I told Mirza maybe five, six years ago. Uh, we were having a conversation about Probably releasing music. 15, <laughs> that was what? Maybe 10. <laughs> maybe 2010. It might have been 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Pinky fuck SAE. No, Pinky. We're talking about SAE Jordan, hey. by the way, not SAE, uh, not SAE uh, Dubai. On, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I said this to, to Mirza 10 years ago and, uh, and I would say it to you guys uh, if you guys are someone that wants to produce music you guys want to release music there's an amazing amazing video online uh, by the guy that started Patreon he summarizes it better than ever I can uh, ever put it into words but your job is not finishing your job is publishing and if you're waiting to finish a piece of art it will actually never finish. To get it to a point where you think it's good enough to be released will not happen. Set yourself some, some uh, thresholds, some timelines where you publish your work because the more you publish, the better you will get. If Book had been releasing music since the, the <laughs> Fexitan days, it would be one of the most intense discographies of all time. It would have been one of the most prolific uh, Middle Eastern metal bands. Dude, but let, let's give credit. Book and Burj released more albums than anyone in Jordan. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm, uh, but th this, I'm, I'm, I'm using them as an example of, of publishing head first is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, but it, 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 okay. So, so I'll speak on behalf of Burj as well. <laughs> Burj, if I'm wrong, you just fucking write it on the message board. Dude, you know, for the past 10 years, we've been in the audit department, you know, uh, we've been busy. Right. Yeah. I mean, before that, Burjia has been releasing like uh, like every year or some shit. Right. It, we really just have been busy personally. Like, for example, in um, my upcoming album right now. Right. It, I finished it at the beginning of the pandemic. Right. To find a drummer took me about eight months. Oh, honestly. shit. Dude, honestly, it just eight, my guitars. I love their sound. It wasn't me trying to perfect them. I love my guitar sounds. I'm super confident about that. So it took me a while to find a drummer. And then it took me a while to find the artist to do the artwork. And then it, then I'm busy in general. So again, we're falling down to the technical aspect of it. I think one point I want to add is that when you're working by yourself, it tends to be hard, man. Like I don't yeah. have a team. I don't have a band, someone to cover this shit or that. I'm doing the whole thing, right? I mean, except for the physical playing of the drums. This is uh, this is another thing that you have in common with Butcher as well. Uh, Book yeah. is, is a one man band as well. Exactly. So me and him, we, we talk a lot about this. Like we it just that. So my drummer as well. After finding him, he broke the tom, and it was in the pandemic and Sweetwater worshiping. So there goes another three months, dude. I'm not kidding. There there was a year and a month of pure nothingness. The album is completely ready. The lyrics are done. Every everything's even recorded. It was just waiting for the fucking drums. Imagine that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and what am I going to do? In Jordan, I actually once paid a guy. I don't want to name his name, right? Paid him money. Like, yo, learn drums. Be faster. Here's some money. Do the fucking job. He didn't do it. He, he basically gave me the money back. <laughs> He's like, no. Damn. And, uh, yeah. So, that's just the reality of it, man. It's difficult. It's not easy. Especially if you're doing extreme metal. If I'm doing if I'm doing anything but extreme metal, it would be at least ten times easier. I'm not even fucking. I'm not being snobbish here right now. It's I actually, a, it's I actually have it. 
I actually have it in my notes. Uh, it says uh, Jordanian one man project. Is it is is it a kind of you guys gave up on finding people that can play or that 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 want the same stuff that you want that you're like fuck it I'll just do it myself because there's a ton of projects coming out of Jordan that are one man band. What you just said is exactly what it is. It's the fuck it I'll do it myself. Just I don't get because because uh, you I've never known you to be a vocalist and uh, all of a sudden a couple of years ago you started practicing vocals. You yeah. start, you're like, fuck it. I'll just, I'll do it myself. I know uh, you, you, you started recording it. And then when you put out the album, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all the, all the vocals on the album too. Yeah. Yeah. 100% man. My first album, it, I, I didn't want to sing. I'm more of a lead guitarist and I get, it was a fuck it attitude. I guess it was a face first to the pavement. It was like, dude, just do it. Grab the mic, learn, figure it out and do it. Right. The drums, I programmed it my, myself, the first one. But, you know, I, I wasn't happy about that. I wanted a real drummer. So that's the only thing I actually outsourced was a drummer. And he's a guy named Rory McIntosh from California. He's fucking excellent. I love him. And uh, that was it. So it was a fucking attitude. Let me just do it. By the way, that's how we got into audio as well. Where, <laughs> yeah, just uh, no one. No one else can fucking do this for us. I'm going to do it. Let me just add that as well. That's why I know <laughs> how to do audios. Because, again, I just want to record myself. No one did it. Fine, let's do it. Yalla. <laughs> let's. Uh, we, we've been teetering around the subject for a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about SAE. So, um, for those that don't know, I went to SAE. Uh, it's uh, SAE is the School of Audio Engineering. It is opened that? in in Jordan. Uh, when when did it open? I can't even fucking remember. Two thousand eight, maybe. That yeah. was uh, first batch. So when I joined SAE, they didn't even have a fucking soundboard. Uh, we installed that Neve. In uh, uh, they they brought all the students in and we we installed it ourselves. But um, I I'm gonna mute myself on stream for a second to tell Todd it something because we have a friend in common uh, that uh, don't say his real name uh, out okay. after I tell you. But okay. So <laughs> Fuzzy Bond, everybody, a lot of people here know Fuzzy Bond, the, the massive uh, uh, streamer on Twitch. Uh, he, he was uh, with me in SAE, first batch. We went together. We decided to learn audio engineering together. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and, uh, he, he now does Twitch, obviously. Uh, th there he is. There's his face. There's, uh, oh. there's Fuzzy Bond. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I went with, with, um, with Fuzzy Bond. I almost said his real name uh over uh over to sae and and uh my kind of reaction to seeing something where you could study the art of the the, the science behind recording music blew my fucking mind blew my fucking mind yeah i totally agree man uh same same emotion with me i guess i was third batch or fourth or something i forgot but uh definitely after you yeah, 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 for sure. Had, had had been installed by then. I more in. I was with Taifi, actually. I think. Um, yeah, you guys were third batch. I was also with Burshi, but he had joined before me. Uh, so definitely, man. I mean, for a school to open up and give you what you know, what you what you've been wanting to do all along, right? And this is how you this is how you do it. Here's the gear. Here's the equipment, and here's a live room. To me, that was everything, man. To me, that was yeah. sold immediately. And a lot of my students, same thing. Like, 
it's it's not just about the community it's not it's also about the gear i'm a huge gear head man you know and uh so all comes together perfectly so uh, i'm grateful for that i guess it's it's one of those it's one of those things like yeah, like you were saying you know it kind of uh, it has the potential to build the scene so take take me from I found out about SAE fucking let's 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 learn how to do this professionally uh to uh to to I want to record my own music to yo I'm fucking head of audio or uh, you know I'm running an yeah. audio department audio here expert. yeah yeah the, I'm I'm teaching people the stuff that I've I grew up wanting to learn myself um how, how did that happen so uh being a massive nerd <laughs> that's how it happened you know giving a lot of uh, attention to it man um i spend uh, all my life uh you know doing audio i'm obsessed with it this is pretty much how it happened just uh nerding out almost completely um i've never read a book you know that's like a novel i have no idea what novels are i, I can't pay attention but give me a manual for like an entire mixer then i'll read it you know 10 times all the audiobooks so i nerded out completely all because i have the passion for metal right and for music and that's exactly what happened so from being a student nerding out completely up until getting hired um, when they asked me to uh, lecture basically and um i was very uh confident using the equipment i guess right and and that's how the transition happened just it was natural it just kept on happening i was uh, obsessed with it that's I'm in my I'm in my own home studio right now. Same thing, all my gear, all my equipment. It was just me being a massive nerd about it, basically. It's uh, it, it's it's always cool to see that because you and Bursha took completely opposite uh, paths to to myself, including even even uh, Motaifi. You guys uh, might know Motaifi from his band Wetad, uh, Arabic speaking uh, metal band. We played on the show a bunch of times. He's also been a guest on the on the podcast. Um, you guys took that path and uh, and ran with it you guys are fucking audio engineers through and through when i was an sae i was i just thought i would get to play fucking music <laughs> i didn't i didn't yeah. i didn't think about the engineer part of the word <laughs> no uh engineering i took it very seriously man i mean uh, my side job besides teaching is you know acoustics you know which is completely science has nothing to do with music uh, that's actually my favorite topic in the whole thing, right? Just being, uh, you know, an acoustic engineer, basically. Um, a lot of electricity happens in that, a lot of physics. So I'm, I, I actually love that stuff. So that's the yeah. Look, you're right. So it's a little bit of both, in my opinion. But I definitely enjoyed the science fact of it as well. Exactly. It goes back to what we we're talking about. Like you were saying, you from the very beginning you were very interested in the in the aspect of recording i came at it from a uh, a like maybe this is a means to make the creative part better but it wasn't the case uh, the train says i started playing bass because uh, my friends needed a bass player and not another guitar player now i can't can't see now i couldn't see myself playing anything else um that's kind of my train of thought as well like i was never a vocalist i was never a drummer i was never a bassist i was never you were, a guitarist you're always a guy who says you know whatever's good for the band fucking put me in there like, yeah well, heard, you guys need a bassist i'll fucking do it <laughs> by the way to whoever doesn't know that's exactly how i then approached it we were in hq 
and I think your bassist quit on you or something. You're like, all right, I'll do it. And I remember me asking you, like, dude, do you play a bass? And you're like, no, I'll figure it out. And then a week later, it's like, two less strings. I'll 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 find a way. <laughs> uh, uh, a week later, you're like, I'm singing. I was like, the fuck, man, you're singing now. I was like, yes, whatever works. Yeah, yeah. I I my my process was whatever gets the the song out. Like I liked writing. I didn't necessarily like the engineering part. But that was the interesting thing is that I eventually did graduate out of SAE. Uh, when I moved to Dubai, I studied film production, and then I kind of lumped all of that together the songwriting, the background in audio engineering and a little bit of film production to create this like post-production situation where like people handed me post-production stuff because I know the film, I knew the audio engineering, I know how to compose some things together. And uh, it all, yeah, eventually came together (laughs) after after scouring uh, for for years and years. but is there anything now that you're you're teaching your students? Anything now that you're passing on that you're like, fuck, I, I wish someone told me this one thing early on that that like this one nugget of knowledge. I know that, the, you know, classes and, and the lectures are filled with things. But is there is there something in particular that you're like, God damn it. I wish I had that early <laughs> every day, <laughs> everything. <laughs> So like every time me and Butch do we say this, like, let's say something takes us like, I don't know, like a year to figure out. I'll explain it in five minutes. And it's like, fuck, man, I wish somebody gave me that that quick. You know, that's it. That's really sometimes when you're young, like you're 19 or 21, you just want to record like a proper guitar riff. And yeah, you know, by yourself will take you like a while. But then if you have someone, especially a metalhead to a metalhead. Yeah, man, that's a I I wish I had that as well. My lecturers weren't metalheads. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. It's, in, in fact, it's, my lecturers did not like metal. Whenever I would, uh, you know, uh, talk about it, they would say like, ah, oh, it's too much distortion. And distortion was considered like a bad thing. I mean, like you were saying earlier, you know, black metal and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so uh, we didn't get along that well. But, uh, you know, I wish I had that, of course. Uh, Mr. Man with a can says every class with Tata is filled with random, super useful nuggets of advice. I don't even know if he knows he's given them. Uh, and Safe says Tata and Bursha showed me the technical knowledge in SAE. I'm man that I'm handling huge projects in Dubai now. Got to give you that, guys. Cheers. Uh, cheers, Safe. That's uh, that's huge. That's yeah. fucking amazing. That's awesome, Safe. I'm glad to notice, buddy. Uh, is there like, buddy? Is there anything your your students, not necessarily technical? have taught you is there something that uh before being a lecturer you're you were just doing every day and or, or something that you know an, an emotion did they is is there anything they give back these guys something like what safe is saying uh for me personally it feels like it's a it's a huge fucking uh a piece of emotional information to see someone tell you that you kind of help them on their path Oh, definitely, man. Definitely. Uh, you know, but when you teach, you learn so much just by, you know, you know, simply by talking about something with like minded people. Right. So it's a it's a huge learning thing. I mean, whether they teach me from their ideas or just, you know, just us talking together, it's a huge, you know, very, very, you know, beneficial to me. Uh, there has been a few times where I considered giving one of my students uh, a few songs to mix <laughs> for my album. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
because they're pretty good. Like uh, they'd submit something in a hearing, be like, "Oh fuck, man, that's pretty good. I should probably uh, hire them up." But uh, it hasn't happened yet. Maybe one day. <laughs> but uh, definitely, man. Um, I'll tell you. I I feel to answer your question, right? I'm I'm moving around it. I can't answer it clearly, but um basically when i hear their mixes yes i i go like oh these guys n know their stuff pretty well man and uh yeah it, it's yeah i i don't i don't know if there's if there's a a stranger feeling than seeing someone you kind of i don't want to use the word nurtured that sounds like there's boobs involved you know what i mean but <laughs> <laughs> but someone someone you've you've helped uh as a lecturer as as a, as an educator along the path and uh, and seeing them do well it's it's one of my my favorite things in in the world uh to talk about because i have done a, a, a tiny little bit of of lecturing and consulting and stuff like that and seeing someone go out and do their thing and thrive in it the fucking best the absolute fucking best hey man i'll tell you what there has been a few times where i was properly shocked at some submissions and um a lot of times even if they weren't the highest grades i'll be like that one thing you did here and there that was super sick right yeah i mean i'll give them respect one sec. like you know i'll just be like um i like that one thing you did in the master bus or on the guitar or in the vocals uh that happened many times at least once every trimester that's fucking sick and to everyone that's here by the way this goes to everyone i don't want to name names i don't know but like um you know you guys know who i'm talking about you probably have heard me say this in class anyways <laughs> uh that's fucking awesome man um i wanted uh i wanted to jump back into uh, to talking about klepsch yes sir when you talk a little bit about about the band what was uh it, it was born out of fuck it it was born out of i'm just gonna do everything myself uh yeah. let's talk about your your first uh, album that you dropped dynasty of blood um yeah. what was the what was the thought process going into this so uh yeah so it was a fuck it attitude uh maybe five years ago i gave up on having a band i realized i didn't have the time uh to you know be a, a band member even though i would love to be in a band that's one of my dreams but um so i was like all right i'm gonna do everything by myself uh most of the times at the big at the first stage i wanted to be straight up drummer i bought uh, the iron cobra you know kicks and I would I started playing drums, practicing drums a lot, and then I realized it was uh, taking too much time to be as good as I want to be. So then I just you know ignored that, and then I focused on everything else. So I put that aside, and then I decided to program the drums for the first album. I did the bass. Uh, I also figured out how to play the bass. A lot of people say yes, bass and guitar is pretty much the same thing. It's not right uh yes it's strings but you know how you play the bass is different so a lot of people helped me with that Burshi was one of the guys who helped me you know into the bass because he was more of a bass player so i'd ask him a lot of questions so i got comfortable being the bassist the guitarist i was always comfortable being a, a, a lead guitarist and i'm sure you notice as a singer of a band if if a lead guitarist writes the songs it's pretty much all lead right it's solos from the beginning to the end it took me time to not be that guy because that's fucking annoying, right? And uh, then it, it's one of it's one of those things that's like 
what is the purpose? <laughs> yeah. so, if, if, if it's all, if it's all changing forever, there's the song structure. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure you and, uh, you know, Elias, uh, Jim, Jam, Jam, right? yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure you and him have this conversation. You're like, dude, stop fucking twiddling with the guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, everybody knows what to say. As soon as we mention Jam, everybody, each and every single one of you in the chat, Fuck yeah. JM right now. Everybody says fuck JM fuck in the chat. JM, fuck JM. No, I love JM. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. So that took me a while to put my producer mindset over the guitarist mindset, right? And then comes the vocals. Uh, vocals to me took took a while, man, because I, my voice is very loud. So when I would sing, I would literally blow out my back, right? I would leave the studio. And I would have like towels. It would be I would be sweating. It it, it was like a fight uh, for Dynasty of Blood. I was literally blowing out my 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 throat completely. You wouldn't even imagine. The neighbors thought I was a psychopath every fucking day. Bef- before before approaching the vocals, was was there any training whatsoever? Did, or did you just no. go, hey, I've seen people do this. Let me just fucking try. No, no zero training. So Dynasty of Blood was just me screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then for the second album, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be more, you know, I, I want to approach this more professionally because uh, I realized my, my voice was, uh, I couldn't growl anymore. Uh, when I would try to growl, it would sound like it, it, there was like a, you wouldn't even imagine it. Like, a, a loose really, string for those that don't speak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speak I'm Arabic, yeah. To, I'm trying to translate. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I, I couldn't do it, man. So I, all right. So I approached a few coaches. You know, you know, it was very quick. Like, yo, I like my voice. I'm fine with it. I'm just tired of it. I'm just. It, it's making me tired. It's messing me up, basically. Yeah. That, that's what I would say. And they helped me, man. Uh, the Rasta from uh, Decapitated. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, yeah. The guy's excellent, man. He's such a. By the way, he's such a good singer. You wouldn't even imagine it, man. You hear him screaming death metal, but the guy actually sings beautifully. Trust me. He helped me out a lot. Another guy. I don't want to fuck up his name because it's it's weird. Oh my god, I'm, I hate doing this. Sibla. Okay. The band is even more difficult to pronounce. <laughs> so also these two guys, I contacted them on Instagram. They're very helpful, very nice. We did a you know quick lesson. It was like maybe three lessons, and uh, then I immediately became comfortable. Now for the second album, it was much more comfortable. I'm not giving as much power, and you know I'm very glad I learned that because now I'm, I'm way more comfortable. So like on the third album or whatever, uh, it's not gonna be a problem anymore. So, it's so, um yeah it, it's actually very interesting just what a small very quick kind of uh uh suggestion or or comment or about how to do specifically vocals can uh, can completely change the game can completely change the game because yeah. when i started uh, like you like you you already know i started because we couldn't find the vocalist so i i had the exact same approach as you It was, I, I remember uh, that exact week you guys decided that you're the singer. <laughs> yeah. It was it was just it was just me yelling at the top of my lungs, uh, trying to figure out how yeah. to make that sound happen. And it was actually uh, Bursche, who's uh, Buk, uh, for those that don't know, and is in the chat right now, that um, we were out at a bar somewhere, uh, probably the only rock bar that existed at that time, Murphy's. 
and uh, and Bersha uh, heard my voice. I was just talking, like, can I have a Jack and Coke, probably, uh, over the bar? And he goes, oh, your voice is fucked. I said, yeah, uh, I've been I've been trying to scream. And he said he said something along the lines of, if if you feel it here and here, you're doing it wrong, and just walked away, like something as simple as that. I don't remember exactly what he said, but then the, that week I was like, holy shit, it works. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I did it for a couple of more years, got, got a little bit better. And then Zvengali started and then JM Elias, fuck JM, uh, said, yeah. um, said something along the lines of like, uh, because we were starting, starting to play a lot of shows. And he said something along the lines of like, you need to practice and get good at screaming whether you hear yourself or not. So I started muting my in-ears so i when i'm doing uh warm-ups and stuff at home i physically don't hear myself but i recorded it to see where where my pitch is at and then we started playing shows where there were like no monitors whatsoever yeah. and yeah. i was like i don't worry i got this i i know exactly where i'm at just by feeling and those two comments like changed my entire career musically dude uh, you know yes so he gave me the best tip ever and it's so simple, and I always avoided it because I didn't want any mic bleed. So let's nerd out a little bit, right? So whenever I'm singing, you have the headphones on, right? And you're hearing yourself. And then that's why I was screaming a lot because I, maybe I wasn't so loud or maybe my voice was too low, right? So I, I wasn't monitored properly. So he said very simply, dude, take one off, hear yourself echo in the room, and immediately you're going to you know, monitor yourself properly properly and you're not going to give that much energy honestly yeah. that was 100 spot on yeah it's because if 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 i was in my room you know singing over the monitors without headphones i'm fine it, it's really how loud you hear yourself and this is why you're giving a lot of power so in, in, in audio engineering terms the cue mix is extremely important you know uh if you're doing stream metal and now when i'm fixing the cue mix right the mix that i'm hearing to sing over i am very much focused on the cue mix more than the actual mix so i could perform well i think with me in the first album that was largely um, my problem besides being an idiot you know not knowing what he's doing there was yeah. also that uh, pinky in the chat uh saying in your monitors have ruined a lot of vocalists for that reason by the way for those that don't know pinky farah in the chat is uh is is an amazing audio engineer has been on tour uh, I think you just came back from tour with uh, with Conjure. Pinky, correct me if I'm wrong. He was Svengali's audio engineer when he lived in Dubai, and uh, we try to fly him out every chance we get if uh, if we have a big show. And um, he says, uh, "In your monitors, have ruined a lot of uh, vocalists for that reason because uh, oh, you went back uh, to on tour with the Blood Youth. Sick, nice. Uh, I I tried the in ear thing. I tried the in ear thing. I was on stage. We got a fresh pair of in ears, wireless pack." And, uh, and I thought that that would help uh, kind of make me hear myself a little better and control it a little more. But, um, but we ended up, I flicked them right off as soon as we started. Because in the soundtrack, it sounds great. But then when you're in a room full of people, it's a completely different world. It's a completely different beast. Uh, carry on. What's going on? Thank you for the follow, my friend. Uh, let us know what you got going on, where you're tuning in from. We have Tarek from Tlepsh on the on the podcast i i don't know why i say it like that daughter i don't know why i say it like that Dude, it's fine it's, 
<laughs> but um but yeah so you added it to to your list of things that you do fucking we're, we're gonna record the guitars bass we're gonna program the drums we're gonna do a whole bunch of things and uh, and try to figure out uh how to record this album and and you and i talked a little bit about what it takes to kind of promote an album i remember back in the day you uh, you hit me up just out of curiosity like how do you get the shit uh, out there all that stuff one of the biggest misconceptions these days, and we talk a, little, uh, a lot about it uh, on the podcast as well, is that musicians make the music and let it go. You're mm -hmm. also your own PR agent. You're also your own fucking graphic designer. You're also your own social yeah. media manager. You, uh, uh, for someone that I've known for a long time, we're not into the Instagrams and the posting of the Facebooks and stuff. You had to learn real quick how to do that shit uh, because uh, because it comes with the territory of releasing music. What's what's one of the biggest hurdles or one of the biggest surprises uh, you had? Albums done. I'm going to put it out there. Shit. There's all this other crap that comes along with it. What's what's been the biggest hurdle so far? Yeah, man, uh, to crack this social media you know, world, I guess, was uh, it's uh, it's annoying, dude, <laughs> because I'm not good at it. Like Discord, I joined you guys. And when I see it, it, it there's, a, there's a lot going on. I just I'm not good at the social media stuff. I'll be honest with you. I'm not good at it. I wish somebody else would take it. Like if I had a band, you know, and one of them is just naturally good at it, then great. Self-promotion is not my strong point. That's for sure. I like to focus on the music. And I know it's something that is important. I am trying. I actually post once a week or twice a week. I try to make it interesting. But like, I just, you know, I, I, honestly, I don't know how much help it's doing. To be co completely honest. I don't know if it's definitely, you know, the, the best thing. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird, man. It's is weird. There does this ever come up in your lectures with, uh, with you know, aspiring musicians, aspiring audio engineers? Uh, you're, you're teaching them about the world of music. What it what happens once the song is done? Is this is this a subject that you tackle, or uh, are you guys focused more on the the engineering world? We're definitely more focused on the engineering. That 100, and we well, it is discussed a lot. You know, um, it is definitely discussed a lot. But man, I am doing extreme metal, right? Yeah. Um, my group, I mean. In Jordan, we have, you know, all talked about it properly. It's not a big scene. So if I am promoting online, really 90% of the people seeing my posts are like friends who are not into metal at all. So how much impact is it doing, right? Yeah. When, when there isn't that much of a scene to begin with. I mean, maybe to the few people, of course, there's a lot of respect and uh, admiration from that. And that does help a lot. But again, it, this goes back to the scene. Um. I think that's why it doesn't excite me that much. It, it really doesn't. But I'm, it doesn't excite me. It doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. I'm definitely yeah. going to focus on the PR. I'm just saying it's not great. You know? It's, um, it's one of those things that our platform is trying to combat, right? Uh, we don't have our version of Metal Hammer magazine in the Middle East. We don't have dude, our version my of... My plan is you guys, man. This is my PR <laughs> plan. It's you, dude. You fucking tell me what your plan is. I, have no, I suck at this. Uh, th th that's the thing. It's back in the day, you know, we had, uh, we had Jorzine, Jorzine. Uh, mm -hmm. We had, uh, we, we had a, a whole bunch of uh, different platforms i remember actually bursha was our very first 
uh, interview I did for a thing called Camelhead Podcast in 2005. Um, he mentioned Bushy like 10 times today. I know he's, he's a big part of the scene. He's a big part of the scene. We can't fucking deny it. Uh, Bragner and uh, Bragner and I had a thing called Have You Seen That? Uh, where we interviewed bands in the Middle East uh, in, in Dubai for that was 11 years ago. 11 years ago, we, we had a thing called Have You Seen That? Uh, and I've always come from a from a world where like if it doesn't exist, I'll fucking make it. And the PR and and um, kind of uh, journalism, that's the word I was looking for. I blanked. Did you guys see me blank so hard on that? Journalism yeah. aspect of, of metal in the Middle East doesn't exist. And that's kind of where um, the PR goes to die for a band like like yourself, like you're you've worked on this album, you put your blood, sweat and tears. You want to start sharing it with people that might like it. Where do these people congregate? Where do these people hang out so I can possibly play them a little clip and maybe they'll enjoy it uh didn't exist and that's where unmuted kind of um sparked from i was like let's fucking let's fucking make a plan that doesn't exist let's fucking make it and um dude it, it comes it comes out. along those lines help me out okay since you are spearheading this operation okay help me out so in, in my head the only band that could survive uh, by being uh, by just releasing music without any tours or or concerts and they're doing well the only band that could do that is dark throne i don't think any other band can do what i'm doing or what i'm not comparing myself to dark throne that's not what i'm saying but the the idea that i can't tour i'm not touring i don't have a concert right yeah so i think the only band that could do this and be successful is dark throne because of their history and their musicianship and their legacy basically Anyone else who's not doing live, I think is going to fall in the same trap. If I'm wrong, please tell me and tell me my mistakes. But that's my genuine opinion. My genuine opinion is it's all about live. If you're not doing live, it then, depends. You know, social media is probably not going to be great. You're probably going to get a few people. But to get the interaction between the fans and the people, I really think it's that live setting. If I'm wrong, I would love to be wrong and tell me how to not think like that. That'll be excellent. It it, it depends. It depends on one major aspect. What do you define success? Uh, do that and be successful. Is it living off your music or is it a kind of a fan base quantity thing? What, what, what's the definition of success there? Yeah, fan base. Fan base. I mean, uh, you know, in extreme metal to say you want to live off of it is you, you got to be like Demon Borgir or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yes, I do hopes to live off of it. It is a dream. I'll never, I'll always give it 110%. In fact, you know, I give my music more effort than I give anything. That's for sure. So I'll never stop that because I have the passion for it. But success, to answer your question, would be, you know, people enjoying it and being moved by it. I think that's, that's. Then, then in that case, I do disagree with you. In that okay. particular case, I do disagree with you. I think there's a ton of people in chat. Let me know what you guys think. I think there's a ton of people that if they do fall in love with a song, they do fall in love with an album, whether the the band does tour or play live or is a one man band specifically like yourself. I would love to support someone uh, like yourself. That's a one man band that, that puts out music on the Internet and and, you know, releases CDs and T-shirts. I would rock that shit without seeing the band live. And I think the only gap that i could see is actually reaching uh people that uh that that you know might like that music 
<coughs> Buried Alive doesn't even perform live, uh, and it's pretty well known from Rot 180. What's going on, Rot? Uh, Ten Troke Vault fans uh, are better than a thousand that came to dance. <coughs> I think Patreon has kind of covered uh, the you have to be live to connect with people thing from Mr. With a Can. Um, I don't know. I think that's that's my two cents. Uh, why why do you think a live show would be uh, integral? Well, uh, for me, uh, every band that I've seen live. It, automatically there's uh, a, a lot more appreciation right a lot more appreciation to the band after seeing them live and you know experiencing it to me audio when it comes to metal if it's observed in a live scenario it's a lot more effective because you get the character of the band you get you get to know them who they are it sounds better because we're a live kind of music right and uh you know the whole vibe so the experience is better man i mean of this course is, you, um, could, you could approach them dude i have some fans from the online don't get me wrong and i appreciate them completely uh it it did some success to be online i'm just saying it's a lot more live it's it's a lot more hard work but i will one uh, i will see uh, your your argument and i will um call you is that uh, i don't fucking play uh, I don't gamble. Yeah. Well, <laughs> don't play poker. I, I call. I call your your argument. Um, I think what social media can bring to the game. It has a lot of downfalls, but what yeah. it can bring to the game is bridge that gap between them getting to know you live and getting to know you online. For example, this platform right here, Twitch. If you were to say stream once a week, you playing music, you. Uh, recording your your next album, all that stuff, uh, it would bridge that gap where people get to know you better as a person, people get to know you better as a musician and as a content creator. They start, you know, vouching for that for that. Uh, uh, they they start having that bond, that loyalty. Sorry, um, it's one of those things where the 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 balance between the two is uh, is very interesting. Especially after the pandemic, because everybody started trying to figure out ways how to not how, how to survive without being live necessarily. Yeah, yeah. And Dude, uh, after my second album, which is going to be released in, I'm saying two weeks should be released. The songs are mixed. Uh, I just need to master them and send them through. Uh, I'm definitely going to go that route. Definitely going to go through Twitch. Definitely going to do all that stuff. And I hope to God I'm extremely wrong about what I just said. And uh, let's see. Let's see what happens, man. Speaking, speaking of that, uh, of that album, uh, I, wanted, uh, I wanted to play you guys a little snippet. We have fucking One snippets. Sec. One second. Can we take a two minute break? We, well, you can take a two minute break while we play the snippets. Wait, I want to be a part of it, man. One sec. It's just... <laughs> You you wanna you wanna you wanna be here when we listen to the songs. I wanna hear the quality through the stream thing. So okay. <laughs> all, right. all right, all right. Well I'll I'll be here with the chat. Uh, you go do your thing, I'll mute your mic. Um I'll uh I'll talk to you guys in a little bit. Uh Zoya Marker uh, is uh, is in the house. It depends on the fans as well. I don't go to concerts and uh, find my music online always have i do find there is no good way to really find the new music you really like though guest bb break absolutely um uh fabricio salam alaikum my friend alaikum salam thank you for being here uh, if you want to be like slipknot or ramstein of course but new bands 
like uh, Tala didn't even have the many chances to perform due to COVID. Absolutely, Ron. Absolutely. I think, uh, I personally think, I don't know. I, I know you guys are uh, kind of uh, both divided uh, on the subject. Um, I've looked to, to YouTube for a lot of new tunes. The train, I, I kind of exist in that realm too. And uh, on, on suggestions from the tribe, the fact that we have this platform allows me to ask you guys to, to send me new music and it's uh, some of the fucking best. Some of the fucking best. Um, we need the Tlepshin Book Exile and Bilocate live show. Dude, if if Jordan ever opens up for for a metal show, yeah, that's that's a fucking lineup. That's a fucking lineup. That's for sure. Make me mod, trust me. I do not trust you, Bagner. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very interesting subject. I always like talking about this because there's a lot of misconceptions about what you could do online as a band or as an artist or as a, as a musician. And a lot of people kind of uh, overlook that stuff. I know people like uh, uh, Tarek, Klepsch and uh, Bursche from, uh, from Book and, and Bilocate. Yo, Derpy Paws, what are you doing with five gifted subs? Holy crap, holy, thank you so much. You got the party lights going and everything. What an absolute badass, Derpmeister General. Crab World got one, Stay Puffed got one, SJ got one, Kamikaze got one, Ted Legend Gaming got one. What an absolute badass. Thank you, thank you, thank you. you uh, you're the absolute best. You're the best, Derby. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> God, that was a five bomb right in the middle of that speech. Um, yeah, a lot of people get pushed it aside. People like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mirza, I was saying, Mohamed uh, Bursa from Bukh, Bilocate, those guys, those guys know how to do it and how to do it well uh and uh and they, they've been through the reins there's a lot of newcomers that don't uh and i think that's that's what one of the reasons that um that i like talking about it it's just maybe this helps someone along the way maybe there's a way where you can you know share uh the live experience share your your that energy that you would have gotten from a live experience online uh, if you're if you're a kind of uh, one man band or, or someone that can't tour or someone that you know can't even travel, sometimes we've we've had people guests on the show uh, from bands that physically cannot travel, go anywhere. We got Mister uh, Mister Tata back. What's up? So yeah, that's uh, that that was kind of my two cents about it. Um, I'm 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 excited and glad that we have opposing opinions on this because uh, because I feel like. Somewhere in the middle between what you think and, and, and what I think, there's a, there's a balance where you can use social media for good, but you also don't have to be, as, as Bragner eloquently put it in the chat, a social media whore. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Bragner is right. Um, I always try to be as brief as possible because I don't want to be a social media whore who posts a lot. Also, man, uh, you know, Instagram and Facebook, when you're posting shit, right, and you have a public page, it's not sent to metalheads. It's to send to everyone. And especially when you're doing extreme metal, right? You don't want someone, you know, being in their fucking car strolling and then you see my face screaming on the, on the mic, right? <laughs> so I, I wish it was more like MySpace where it was only metalheads. And uh, yeah, so that's the thing like if i was doing pop music which is you know easy listening then sure 
this is excellent. But I'm doing it to a niche, to a very specific group of people. Yeah. And I wish it just goes to them, but it's not as direct. Especially, this isn't accepted music, not just in Jordan. Like, in general, this isn't the most accepted mu music if you're screaming and, you know, it's very fast and loud, a lot of distortion, you know. It's not for everyone, man. Social media. But it, but it, it, definitely, it definitely does have its people. <clears throat> um, Raz Shred, what's going on? Welcome to welcome to the tribe, my friend. Thank you for having that follow. Uh, we're we're just about to listen to some snippets from uh, from the brand new Tlepsh album. Uh, can you can you give us uh, can you give us a little uh, a little nugget about this? What what are we going to be looking at? What are we going to be listening to? I sent you uh, three samples, uh, not mastered. This is straight from the mix bus. Uh, there is a little bit of uh, more fixing to do, but very brief. Uh, you know, just like fixing levels to make sure the album is the same. So it's just the mix. I thought it'd be good to include it because I don't have the mastered yet. Y you'll get a good idea. It sounds pretty clear. Three songs. First one's called uh, Crystal Gazer. Second one's called uh, Spoils of Tranquility and Sulfur. Here we go, you guys. You guys uh, know what to do. If you like it, you throw up the fire. If, uh, if 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 you dig what you hear, you make chaos in the chat. If you type the word mosh, it'll throw you in the pit with someone else that's in the chat. You don't even need to use exclamation point. You just type the word mosh and it throws you right in there. So um, so here we go. We're gonna uh, we're gonna be listening to this right now. We'll be back in uh, in just a little bit. Let me know what you think. There we go. A brand new fucking exclusive. Absolutely no one else has, has heard this before. I like the fact that at the very end, uh, the lyrics were fires burn and someone uh, Slayer Tannic 96 
lit the fire during that one part. Yeah, it was perfect timing, man. <laughs> Almost planned. <laughs> Almost planned. It, it looked amazing. Um, that sounded that sounded fucking great. The production value on that is definitely not what we we're talking about when it comes to like the the Quilt demo sounding stuff. This is this is some serious production. Yeah, man. My my approach to it was uh, make it as um, as clear as easy going to the ear as possible. That's that's exactly how my, my approach was. Uh, so I took a different approach. I wanted it to be a little more, uh, you know, uh, unique to the album rather than the genre. Yeah, that's very, very fucking cool. Is there, um, th there have been fucking speed bumps, uh, a, a drum, uh, a ripped Tom skin can yeah. set you back six months on, yeah. on a project during COVID. This thing is finally finished. Uh, is mm -hmm. there, is there a deadline? Is there, is there a release date kind of a thing in mind? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's gonna have eight songs. The album's called uh, Hex Sword, uh, after you know Tlepsh, his you know sword thing, right? Uh, eight songs. Their mix is done. Um, I took off for eleven days from work so that I could uh, finalize, deal with the PR, do some promotional videos, uh, and you know master it. It's not gonna take me eleven days to master it. I'm just gonna master it, then work on releasing it. Uh, there's also another hurdle of ditching the artwork that's already been set on it because it, it, it looks more like a tattoo artist has done it i'll show it to you one day it's hilarious even though i paid for it so uh yeah i'm just i, I gotta deal with the artwork i gotta deal with you know the shit that has nothing to do with audio right now yeah <laughs> like we were talking about the stuff that comes after yeah. fucking writing and recording an album and then you're like ah shit yeah, mm -hmm. I, I I I gotta I gotta find the re what resolution I upload this artwork on yeah. Spotify. <laughs> and uh, you know when you ask for a promo pick, I I need to figure out all the stuff right now. So once that, that that I mean I'm assuming it should take about two weeks. No official release date, but definitely soon. Definitely like I I don't think it'll last more than a month. So we we talked a little bit about your approach with social media. Um, the general idea of social media when it comes to extreme uh, metal and, and, and stuff. But where, if anyone right here uh, wants, wants to hit you up, wants to get to know you a little better, wants to listen to more music, what's the platform that you go with? Because uh, currently, Tlepsh isn't on Spotify yet, but you do have a Bandcamp page. Is that right? Uh, Tlepsh is on Spotify. It's on Bandcamp. So T-L-E-P-S-H. You'll find it on Spotify. You'll find it on Bandcamp. Um, I'm active on my Instagram more, more than anything. So that's Tlepsh Productions and also my Facebook, uh, Tlepsh Official. So these are, um, I'm pretty much active there, but if anyone wants to contact me, Instagram would be the way to go. Uh, that's, that, that's one of, one of the things we, you talked about, uh, you know, our, uh, our discord server, by the way, if you haven't already joined exclamation point discord in the chat, you get, uh, get to know hundreds of people from around the world that are into rock and metal that are from the community from either uh you know in the industry band managers uh recording engineers all that stuff or fans uh that that hang out we talk about all this kind of stuff and then we play games we do we do a whole bunch of shit over there so uh, if you haven't joined the discord please do it is an 18 plus server because we say things like shit fuck cunt but other than that uh if you're if you're over 18 do join um 
Yeah, the, the, we were talking about the, 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 our approach to social media. One of the biggest reasons we decided to start the Discord is because we needed a place, that pub that you were talking about, that fucking venue that we meet in every morning uh, and just hang out. If I have a song to share, we have that one community, one place where where everyone goes. And um, and I think I think uh, we've uh, we've uh, accomplished it. I don't know. What do you guys think? Tribe, everybody that's in the in the chat, what do you guys think? Have we have we accomplished a good a good venue? I would say 100%, man. You've you've definitely uh, you know, definitely that's a new voice for a lot of bands to come as well, I guess. Uh, and I hope to see you grow even more, buddy. That's thank you sure. so much, man. Thank you, thank you so much. And uh, th this this tribe this tribe will uh, will be there. This tribe will be there checking out Klepsch uh the the older stuff and the newer stuff i know a lot of people already dig it belfagor who is one of the most uh um how do i say this without offending him <laughs> who is belfagor opinionated he's a jordanian metalhead that no one knows um mm he's -hmm. uh he's he's very very particular about uh his music which i appreciate uh he's uh and and he enjoyed the the previews so I you you have the approval of one of the most um, extreme metal fans of the tribe, Craggers as well. Rami Lab Metal's ready to go. So uh, so yeah, you you uh, you've already snagged some of these guys. ZZ Synth, what's going on? Welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be um, old school gatekeeper of the Jordanian metal scene. That's how he describes himself. But. Uh, <laughs> What, what's the what's the plan? We're gonna be releasing the new album, uh, some artwork, some some kind of uh, technical things to look over. What's the plan for the rest of the year or uh, Klepsch twenty twenty two? What do you have in your crosshairs? Yeah, so as soon as this is released, I'm gonna work on um, my third. Pretty much, there's already some riffs happening. I want to be more involved social media. But to be quite honest, I think my third, I want it to be with a band. Uh, I want more interactions with the uh, band members. I think it's very useful. It's a lot more fun, right? And, uh, you know, there's a group of people around me that is, you know, uh, they're excellent musicians. So I'm going to try and have incorporate them in my projects uh, for next year. I think that's my mission right now. You, you uh, already have your sights on some people? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Belfagor, Belfagor yelling in the chat. We want a gig. Yeah. So 100% man, uh, you know, having a band gives you the opportunity to play live. So even if it's not in Jordan, we could at least travel and do it. Uh, and to me, as you could see, as you can tell, I've mentioned this a million times, being live is very important. So after I release this album, I'm going to do some promo videos, you know, promote it, work on it a little more the less audio stuff more videos more youtube interactions but then it's back to square one and you know uh recruiting some uh, members uh, hell that's yeah my, that's my next mission for 2022 hell yeah and uh, and like uh, like we said you guys uh, com. if if you want to follow up if you want to get to know more about the music uh, i highly recommend listening uh listening to dynasty of blood um I think uh, I think the the extreme metal fans, the the people that are into the death and black metal, both would would really enjoy this uh, this album. We did premiere it on the show. We played it on the on the I think it was uh, the Monday theme stream at one point. 
And uh, it definitely got a five out of five. I remember that very clearly because oh, really? I took a screenshot and I never sent it to you. It's one of those oh. things that I do. <laughs> yeah, dude, man, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, we got we got the tribe to vote, and uh, and I, I remember getting a, a five out of five. Uh, Rexter throwing some water, and then Poison Market quickly putting that fire out with some water. Thank you, Poison Market, for keeping everyone safe. Um, if you guys have any questions uh, for for Tarek left, please drop them right now in the in the question box. If you guys don't know where that is, there's a little dancing man under the chat. It's called Try Points. If you redeem, ask a question, just type your question in there and I'll ask him. Uh, we do have a couple already in there, uh, Tarek. Uh, Rami's asking, without going into detail about your day job, uh, if you met the science of audio engineering, does that in any way influence how you make your music? Yeah, man. So uh, audio uh, tone influences performance uh, a lot. So uh, how I curve or how I work with my tone, you know, which is an audio engineering thing to do, right? It helps me perform and write and compose a lot better. Uh, so you'll see me fiddling about with my amp and some pedals and the mics and everything. That is a huge part of what I'm playing. Uh, so yes, it influences a lot, man. And, would, uh, would tone ever change the way you approach a riff or approach a song? Do you think like if you had a different tone, you would write something different one in that particular moment? One million percent. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Like uh, the change the pedal, man. Change the pick. Change the the guitar. I, I'm very anal with this stuff, man. Maybe it's just me more than usual, but to me, it's a big thing. How, I, for example, I remember one time I changed the preamp for my for my for my mic, and I I literally couldn't even sing. It's not that I sang differently; it's that I could not sing. To me, I'm very peculiar about these things, and it helps me a lot. And I focus on it a lot. Which is again why it takes time to write. It's because I'm yeah. I'm using both parts of my brain, right? The artistic and the scientific. And uh, so once I nail the scientific, then I'm comfortable enough to do my job. So that comes, uh, you know, it's very important to me. It's it's a very very cool balance to see because there's not a lot of people, <clears throat> and I don't mean this in any like disrespect, but there's not a lot of people in the metal realm in general. Uh, not just in the Middle East that have the background uh, of of engineering or like music studies, uh, you know, music theory. Uh, it's not something that's interlaced in the the general metal uh, creator population, right? So seeing yeah. someone that that either has like the music theory background or the audio engineering background and how they use that to make, in your case, extreme metal, uh, yeah. is is very interesting because. If you play extreme metal to an audio engineer that doesn't necessarily know metal, they might think something completely different than what you would approach it as. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you, man. Uh, but yeah, it helps a lot. Uh, a, a big part of uh, how I do my vocals has a lot to do with the signal chain to make me comfortable enough to perform. Now, once that chain is done, right? Once that signal chain is done, which takes you know a little bit, a little bit of thought, I would say, uh, then I'm comfortable. Then, you know, m that part of my brain stops. Now I'm focusing mostly on the performance and, uh, you know, delivering the message and, uh, you know, that's it. Very fucking cool. Very, very fucking cool. We have, uh, we have another question in the question box. <clears throat> Why is silencer the best band out there? Was that Belfagor? That was Belfagor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
because, because <laughs> so we would have to ask them but i would say it's because they're you know uh they have that huge shock value when you see those few video clips they've done right but uh besides the vocals which is you know outrageous it's pretty good music man it sounds fucking excellent i i like the style of vocals i like it but i understand that a lot of people won't but if you just focus on the music as well you'd realize that these guys know what they're doing man um and to me uh when it comes to vocals i don't focus on you know if they're in pitch or not i'm more about the aesthetic scream of it so to me band like silencer works very well you know the more attitude the more balls the better there you go there you fucking go is there is there ever a time where you i this this is uh, this is a question uh that i also get asked a lot but as soon as I started studying uh, film production mm. and and started figuring out the ins and outs of filmmaking itself, it got very, very difficult to watch movies without thinking of the lighting and the camera movement. And yeah. are, are they using a fucking jib or is that a drone? Like all that stuff is is listening to extreme metal, something like Silencer kind of an escape where you don't even have to fucking worry about that stuff because you're just listening to the music because the production production values in there you're not thinking about what fucking amp they use you're thinking about how uh, how it's packaged i absolutely do think of their production values okay like, like i'm i would be listening in like what like for for example you know the band uh, 1349 yes so i would love to know everything they've done in that production studio and especially the vocals. I would love to know exactly how they did it. It sounds like, I mean, it, from my interpretation, everything's being clipped completely. I just want to know what's that mic. I like it a lot. It sounds perfect. Another band, uh, Chamber of Unlights. Do you know them? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I posted on Discord and I got like zero responses. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's an excellent band, Chamber of Unlight, man. Uh, he, I mean... I just want to know exactly what they've done. It seems like it they've recorded it live straight into a tape. That's how I imagine the production is. And uh, I don't know. I love it, man. So, yes, I do uh, focus on the production values of it for sure, man. That's fucking cool. That, that's really interesting for me because uh, I, I couldn't unsee behind the scenes, right? The only times I do is when I watch a horrible movie that's intentionally horrible. Uh, yeah. Or, or unintentionally horrible and i just i get lost in it like i'm just like oh, fuck it we're 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 in here you know like the blood looks blue like oh, fuck it i'm in like i'm done <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely ruins the magic of it because you're like thinking of how they've done it you're focusing more on you know the the back side of the camera than the front i get it yeah yeah absolutely uh the train is asking you a very important question we all we all uh wonder about this have you ever he heard of the band Lamp of Good? No, I, I wasn't sure if that was a typo or, you know, the train being funny. I'm not sure. No, I haven't heard it. You guys, can someone do it, please? We need to school. We need to school Mirza on this. Okay. Lamp of Good. Oh, <laughs> shit. It's on. It's it's turned off right now. God damn it. Wait. Should we check see it right now? <laughs> Lamp, of, Lamp of Good. I, I can't believe you don't know this because this is something that originated from Jordan. So what happened was what? I told a, I told a story on the podcast 
where they were playing the the not Rainbow Street. What was the other one? The Art Center. Someone was playing the Art Center in downtown Jordan. And um, back in those days, it was. Uh, fuck, I forget the I completely forget the band's names, but like Ace. Do you remember a band called Ace with Karim Gandur and those guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So so that band was playing and they uh, a bunch of different people. They asked uh, th- they asked them for a set list of uh, of all the band's names and all the band's t- song titles and uh, their their lyrics. And that band wanted to cover a particular Lamb of God song. So instead of writing Lamb of God, because that'll never get fucking approved in Jordan, they wrote Lamp of Good. All right. Yeah, I don't know that story. I guess it. Yeah, so, about, but yeah, that's that sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds that, about right. Man. That was that was the story. I told it on the podcast. These guys had a blast uh, uh, listening listening to that. We turned it into merch. Uh, Derpy, can I? Uh, is is there merch? Oh shit, I, man! I want a lamp of good shirt, please. Let me let me show you some shirt. of the merch. I'll find some merch in the um, on the Discord and, and show you. We turned it into merch right now. And, uh, and 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 it's it's been it's it's been an inside joke on the podcast ever since. Dude, the click. Okay, it's Bengali. Unmuted. Oh shit! You guys have a lot of stuff in here, man. I'm <laughs> good. All right. <laughs> let me uh, let me pull it up right here. Let me see if if this works. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna buy one of those. <laughs> when I video, there it is. There's that lamp of good shirt, you guys. There, that's where that started from. So it has a skull and a bunch of bulbs around it. Perfect. It's uh, it's the perfect. It's the perfect solution for being an edgy metal band uh, that uh, that doesn't want to ruffle feathers. Just Perfect. A lamp of good. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. It's like the opposite of what happened in the states that one time when they wanted to. They had like this Christian gathering, uh, and you know, it's, you know, Lamb of God, and then they put the band Lamb of God as the poster. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's, that's like what inspired what the the music video, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. If you, if you, they typed in Lamb of God logo, got the band logo, posted it on an actual church event, and then a bunch of metalheads showed up saying, Lamp of God free show? What happened? Um, but yeah, that's that's basically it. I have uh, I have one last question for you. And dude, thank you so much. Sitting down talking for two hours is uh, is a hefty ask for, for anyone. I do it often because I don't shut up, but uh, but I appreciate you taking the time and, and hanging out with us. Dude, it was excellent, man. Uh, I'll say even more. Don't worry about it, man. I'll see. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we we end we end the podcast on on this question, uh, and then and then we uh, we kind of wind down after that. But mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> tribe, you know you know what time it is. Um, let's um, let's get a little. I get emotional when this happens. Let's. Let's let's get over here, you guys. Get over here. Tarek. Get closer. If you if you had a time machine and you were able to go back in time and uh, and meet young Tarek uh, as before your first Judas Priest, before figuring out the guitar, before hanging out at your French friend's basement playing music, before Klepsch, before all that stuff. If you had a time machine, you were you went back in time to nine year old Tarek, and you were you were gonna give yourself one sentence to say, a piece of advice, a little a little something. 
What would uh, what would that be? Play drums. <laughs> we don't have any drummers, man. It would be fucking play fucking drums. Just do that. Just play drums and be good at it. We have a lot of guitarists, man. We need more drummers. That, I would tell Young Thought it that, and that would be it. <laughs> that would work. You know what? We've had conversations on the show about why the Middle East doesn't have enough fucking drummers, and it's because everyone grew up in apartment buildings, and we can't yeah. actually... We yeah. can't actually play drums. Yeah, dude, that was my first response to one of your questions of the whole scene. Like, why isn't there a lot of bands? I swear to God, there aren't drummers. I'm not kidding. Yes, there are drummers. I I, I know there's a few guys out there that'll be like, oh, fuck you, Thought, man. Of course, you know, but what about us? Yes, but there's not a lot. And the few that are active and they're excellent drummers, of course, they're, you know, occupied by like indie bands. And don't get me started on that shit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you it, you guys specifically in Jordan have uh, have an influx of oh the my god indie Arabic speaking rock yeah. joke lyric band thing that happens over there puns, puns you know like fucking a band with a pun name we're populated I mean everyone I know is in an indie band pretty much yeah <laughs> so the drummers they'd be like extreme they'd be like metalheads but they're doing you know like a reggae beat over some I don't, I don't mean to hate, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, I mean, referring to what I said before, I literally offered money. Like, yo, learn, do what I want. Do do do, do this shit. Dude, there's none. There, there's just none. I wasted so much time, Adnan, on finding the drummer because I was so meticulous about wanting a drummer to play, right? And I engineered the drums and I completely failed at this aspect. Yeah. And so if anyone's watching and is a young metalhead in Jordan, somehow fucking play drums. I'm telling you, we need it. <laughs> do it. Do it, you guys. So out of necessity, you would go back and tell your younger self, be be the missing link. Yeah. <laughs> be the guy that yeah. that that we need right now. That's uh, that's pretty fucking cool. Um everybody that's in the chat right now, if you haven't uh, touched my love my love box, what what are we calling? If you haven't touched the, the little heart under the chat, please do hit that follow. We, uh, we stream every Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, 10 p.m. UAE, which is 9 p.m. Jordan, 7 p.m. UK, 2 p.m. EST. And uh, we, have, we have a whole bunch of shit coming up. We have uh, amazing guests like, uh, like Tarek. We have uh, theme streams on Mondays. We have performances and, and link dumps on Saturdays. So uh, do hit the follow if you haven't already. We have one more question from Mr. Man with a Can. Uh, before we go, how do we stop people from calling audio engineers DJs? Oh, uh, that's a big one, man. Mm. <laughs> that's a big one. How do we stop making people co not call us DJs? Well, I guess they need more. Uh, what's the word? Tell me what's it in English. Mm. Awareness. Yeah, yeah. More awareness, man. And I think, you know, with the younger generation of engineers, you know, I think it'll happen even more. So, Mr. Man in the Can, people think you're a DJ now. Back in the days, like 15 years ago, we were all 100% DJs. That's what they would call us. So it is dude, better. Dude, fuck that. I'll, uh, Mr. Man with a Can, I'll, I'll show you. Uh, I'll even one-up that. When I first told my dad I want to study audio engineering, he said, what are you going to do? Play a tabla? 
<laughs> he had zero clue what it was. So uh, so we're we're stepping up. At least DJ is using some form of electronics. <laughs> Dude, my, my parents still think I teach music. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you, you play guitar, make music with the students. We're like, not once, not never. Yeah, like, ten years. Yeah. Not- <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, uh, that's a difficult one, Mister Man. That's a difficult one, man. Dude, I'm I'm very fucking excited for for the upcoming album. Very fucking excited that you're a part of the tribe and that you're on Discord, even though you're you're struggling a little bit with it. But I think uh, with a little bit of time, we can start there, partying over there on on Discord with it with everyone. Uh, if you guys haven't already joined Discord, exclamation point Discord in the chat. Oh shit! Who just? RK, RK, thank you for picking up that lamp of good merch. You are an absolute badass. Thank you so much. It means the absolute world. Uh, everybody that's uh, that's been buying the merch, you guys are absolute, absolute fucking badasses. Um, join the Discord. We have an amazing community over there. And uh, yeah, uh, thought it. Thank you so much for your time. Don't go anywhere. Don't go any anywhere. Oh, we're, right. we're we're gonna we're gonna do a little uh, we're gonna do a little raid, you guys. Uh, for those that are new to Twitch and don't know what a raid is, each and every single one of us, including myself and Tarek, will end up in, in someone else's chat. We're going to be yelling. We're going to be yelling at Uncle Julian, uh, his um, team unmuted. He's going to be playing some extreme metal. He's going to be playing some Klepsch. He's going to be uh, he's going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff in, uh, uh, that we talked about uh, on this podcast. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Tarek, you know uh, the tradition around here? is uh, to, to officially end the podcast the guest in whatever way they want has to say the words hit the outro um so uh, so uh, i just want to thank you guys in the chat everybody in the chat i'm going to pass it over to tata and you uh, say your last words and as the second you say the words hit the outro uh we'll uh, we'll be going over to julian's we'll be we'll be heading over to julian's house so uh, take it away all right man so i basically i should say whatever i want then say hit the outro all right man so i'll i'll just say basically guys i'm releasing the album uh, within the month uh, bear with me here uh i'm trying to manage things that are, are not in my hands um i'm excited to uh see your reactions i will suggest that you hear the music uh you know i don't know <laughs> rage with it if you like it or not uh, do share it and uh, if you enjoy it fucking let me know that'll be awesome i do have patches and t-shirts uh if you want that as well full support that'll be excellent uh besides that i guess i'll be seeing you hopefully next year live if possible with a band which is something i'm going to be working on and yeah thanks for having me thanks for joining us and it was excellent cheers guys until next time Hit the outro. Right